you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Master Plan Podcast. I am your host, Michael Filipkowski, and once again joined by our in-house basketball expert, Connor DiBiase, for the NBA Finals review. The Bucks have won it. Connor, initial reactions to last night's win. It was a fun game. I mean, this series has been a great series. Um, what is it? Probably in the last five years. I mean, it was no injuries, no blowout like Warriors with KD. Um, or war, or, it's or, Scott Foster's world. Well, they were all living in it at this point. Yeah. I don't know how he still gets finals games. <laughs> but, I mean, Giannis is easily the best player in the world. Right now, at the moment. What else is there to say? I mean, I think there quite there there is quite a bit more to say. I do think Giannis had a great series, and I do think he deserved to be the Finals MVP. Don't get me wrong, right? I think first off, he was like as I said when we did the preview episode. I said, and I'm I'm not I'm going to paraphrase. I I said that I think that Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday would be too much for the Suns to handle defensively. Would be too much for DeAndre Ayton to handle defensively. Cameron Payne, De- Devin Booker, whoever you want to throw at at them. And I think it's fair to say that that take was 100% correct. After the first two games, virtually off- like offensively, the Bucks were unstoppable in, in 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 my mind. I think that Giannis. Was the sing- like was easily the most dominant player throughout the series on both sides, uh, uh, both teams, but also like both sides of the floor. Like offensively, he oh, was yeah. remarkable, but defensively, he had blocks. He had so many key blocks both in Game Five, Game Six, Game Four, certainly as well, that changed the entire course of the series. And I think that. Most certainly, he definitely deserves the MVP, but that is not to say that guys like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Pat Connington and Brooke Lopez, P.J. Tucker, and yes, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis didn't have important roles that they played very, very don't, well during this series. Don't forget Jeff Teague. No, I'm not, I purposely <laughs> left Jeff Teague out. I'm not, Jeff Teague does not get any respect for that series win. Absolutely not. The rest, sure, but Jeff Teague, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Connor, what did you think about the playing from the Bucks, both individually from guys like Chris Middleton, guys like Drew Holiday, but just overall as a team? 
I mean, as we've seen throughout this playoffs, both Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were very inconsistent players. But I think Drew, his defense, he brings enough on defense. Right. So even if he has, like, game six, I mean, he was one for 11 shooting through the first half, I think. Um, and they were down. But his defense on Paul is what completely changed the series. Once Budenholzer gave Drew Holiday the matchup on Chris Paul, which by the way, why would you not do that from the start, um, right. is my question. But why would you stick, like, I don't even think they stuck Chris Middleton. I think they stuck, like, Pat Connington to go Chris Paul in the first. Or maybe it was P.J. Tucker. But, but once they stuck to Holiday on Chris Paul, it was a completely different series. The Suns offense got completely shut up. Um, Chris Paul became the only Suns starter, I think, with a negative plus minus rating on the court after that um and then chris middleton is he's the closer i mean he could do really bad the whole game but when it comes down to that fourth quarter when it matters surprisingly i think people thought kind of the opposite for him going into this playoffs to be shown that he's gonna hit it when it matters as a first three quarters guy who would be be there you know scoring points putting up buckets and then kind of disappear in the fourth it's the exact opposite I believe he tied LeBron's record for most tied yeah. or go-ahead field goals. But that was that was after Game Five. I'm pretty sure he beat it with that with that Game Six. Right, and and he I don't know if he beat he had he had at least 15. I just saw it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but but like overall, right? Like I thought that the Bucks did they just did so much very very well. And they kind of came up in those big moments where Suns players did not. Like I, I throughout the throughout each game, did I think that the Bucks were the better team overall? No. I mean, look, overall the Suns were the better shooting team by 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 a decent amount in this series. I mean, it was other than Devin Booker, right? Other than Devin Booker, I mean, but but even including Devin Booker, the Suns outshot the Bucks forty nine to forty six. So like like. You know, I mean, the Suns were, in my opinion, I mean, Devin Booker took so many shots, but you know, Chris Paul for how bad of a game seven he or game six he had, oh, like fifty from the field and percent throughout the series, and he was fifty-two percent from three from downtown. So, like, I know, you know, obviously his game seven, game six was not. I think what any of us, I think what he wanted, right? I think he expected himself to play better, right? But Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, like they played very, very well throughout the series. I thought Cameron Payne played very well. I thought Mikhail Bridges had good moments. Like overall, I thought the Suns were a very, very strong team. And I think that they played very, very well. So to lose in six and to lose four straight kind of, I don't know if it's misleading, but it's, it doesn't represent how well it looks like they played, but in reality, it, it, they really came up short. I feel like I I don't, I don't really know because this is one of those things where the stats really don't match what actually happened on the court and what you know the eye test says. I think that I think that's something important to say that you can't just read off of stats and, and have it explain the game. You have to kind of watch it as well to understand what happened. You know, Connor. As you said earlier, Giannis is the best player in the world. What did he do in this in this series 
that made him the best player in the world? What did he do that made him the finals MVP? I mean, he was unstoppable in the paint. Like, absolutely unstoppable. And then when it came down to earlier in this playoff run, it's like the way to stop him in the paint, foul him hard. And then miss free throws. In that last game, he went like he was 15, 95%. Yeah. And he had 90-something percent from the free throw line. Oh, he, yeah. he turned up when it matters. He was unstoppable in the paint. He played like the defensive player of the year caliber that he, he did. Um, he knew when to... It's hard to say because they played, they did play a lot of Giannis ISO, but they also kind of calmed that down. And when they went down against like... It came on and off at times. Like sometimes it would be a couple possessions in a row where Giannis would isolate and he would either drive to the, drive to the hoop or something like that. But then it, it seemed like the Bucks at the same time would work in like like pick and rolls or, or would work in Chris Walton yeah. having an ISO or something like that. And which was interesting because it, it wasn't like they mixed up every possession, but it seemed like every few possessions. And last night, it was the first quarter, and I, the Bucks were up big, and Boonholzer called a timeout. And I was sitting there, I was like, why would you call it? Like, traditionally, you know, if you're winning, you know, you're not calling timeouts in the first quarter. Like, you're not going to be the first team to call a timeout if, you, if you're going on the run. But I think what Boonholzer did which I guess, you know, worked out very, very well looking back on it for the Bucks was he didn't mix everything up. He didn't keep it very choppy, but he like he had different like rotations and just as the Suns would get used to or start to play better on a certain style of the way that the Bucks are playing, he would switch it up and have them, you know, run run a different run a different play on offense. It was it was very interesting series to watch from from that perspective. But continue about Giannis. And then I think, like, the overall effort of, like, he was everywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he averaged, like, 35 for the series, which is ridiculous in his own right. Um, 50 in the final game with both of his two second stars not playing that well. Obviously, Chris Middleton was hitting good shots in the fourth quarter, but Drew Holiday had a horrible game shooting. Um, he was able to out-rebound DeAndre Ayton, especially on the offensive boards, to get in there. Um, I think, I mean, as someone who has no skill and is just seven foot and can run and dunk, as James Harden told us all, I think he played, he played a pretty pretty good game throughout um and doing that he was not even he was the third most minutes on his team right um right behind Middleton and Holiday so, I think Bruno's actually did do a good job of keeping him rested you could see when he was like gassed like yeah um, I, I didn't see Bruno's a quick time out right. and, no I, I you know I know you're very critical of Bruno's I, I look I don't know enough about basketball to really give give a great opinion but I think he does deserve a lot of credit for for leading this team you know to, to the finals and to win it particularly with you know two stars on the team Middleton and Holiday being very hot and cold throughout the series like I think there has to be something said for that because it's not easy to win a series when your two of your three best players are very inconsistent in the way that they play right I think that I think that that was a problem and had the Suns won this series, 
I think you and I would be talking about, you know, Giannis played incredibly well, but those around him let him down. Middleton and, and Holiday let him down, right? But I think that speaks so much to how Giannis played that even through that, the Bucks won in six, didn't even end up going to seven. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of different storylines. Were, were there any players on the Bucks that surprised you with the way that they played that you would like to highlight, mention, um, anything like that? Um, I'll say P.J. Tucker, despite pretty poor scoring. I mean, he didn't shoot the ball at all either. But um, he had an incredible defense to run. He took a lot of those Devin Booker matchups. And, I mean, you could see that in Booker's game. If he was, I mean, he was held to 10, and then he was held to, like, really bad shooting in that game six. Right. Um, Pat Connington, of course. Uh, some good acting by him, getting a lot of calls, putting a lot of the Suns players in foul trouble. Yeah, um, he played nice defense as well. Like he was a solid defensive player. I would say. Yeah, he's good on rotation. Right, he wasn't. He wasn't like like it wasn't like as good as PJ Tucker, but he certainly was. Like he surprised me with how good he was, and then and, and I mean to be fair, my expectations weren't that high. And he's also shot the ball well from three throughout the series. Um, it was really solid. Anything to say on Bobby Portis or Brooke Lopez? I love Brooke Lopez. I'm a huge Brooke Lopez fan. Yeah, Brooke Lopez is is really good um, in the paint when Giannis can kind of take over perimeter. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Bobby Portis had a, had a really good game six. I mean, he had been pretty good defensively, and his ability to kind of space the floor for Giannis, where he can defensively play in the paint and let Giannis take a perimeter. Um, and then... But on offense, he can he can kind of be able to play a rotation off a pick and roll with Giannis type deal and get behind the three point line and be open on Giannis's drive and knock down those threes. Right, no, um, work yeah. really well. Yeah, you know the Bucks shooting wise. I mean, you know, in terms of like their their hot and cold spots on the floor, like like realistically, and I printed this out, like basically the. You know, from from the right corner, the right corner was where they really shot the best. You know, they were thirteen for twenty four on those those threes. You know, where PJ Tucker usually stands or Bobby Portis is usually standing, like on the far corner. Um, like the Bucks really. I mean, honestly, looking at this graphic, the Bucks were well outshot by by, by the Suns throughout the series. Like like. They really just – I don't think the Suns – I thought the Suns were just a much better shooting team. I mean, just inside like those mid-range to long-range twos, like they were just much better. Inside the paint, it was competitive. Like they were good from three throughout, you know, kind of all areas of the court. So like I thought the Suns, I mean, again, statistically the better team like in, in, in some pretty important areas. Connor, what happened that – I mean – What happened? Why, why did the Suns lose when, when you know, statistically they, they look very, very strong on paper? Obviously, down the clutch of every game, um, Devin Booker could not find the bottom of the hoop other than those, that, really that second game. Um, 
he he was he was very unclutch, we'll say, in the end of the series. It really felt like no one on the on the no one on the Suns, Suns could. No one. I don't think Chris Paul though. I mean, if you Chris Paul could so easily get a bucket in the end of it, like getting his ice game, but then Chris Paul, you're getting a five turnovers a game or something like that. Yeah, he did not have a good finals. Like overall, like he. First off, in, in, in and I watched a lot of the first quarters, like like he was horrendous. Like he was not any like he would be he missed so many shots that that I mean any other time in the season that's a knockdown. Like last night in the first quarter, I mean that was a disaster for him. I mean he it was a brick off the rim. Like it it was horrendous. Like he would he would come up you know right up to the foul line and take take a you know on the run jump shot and just just Clank, I Chris Paul was uh, I and maybe I'm going a little bit too far, but I thought Chris Paul was terrible. I really thought he had a horrendous series. And him being terrible and yet still making more three pointers than Devin Booker throughout the series yeah. has to be an indication of what was going on with the two stars of of Phoenix. Yeah, I mean that and DeAndre Aiden, especially like in Game Six, DeAndre Aiden was like like uncharacteristically bad in the paint. Yeah, I mean, he, he did what he did throughout the playoffs, pretty much. He got a double-double, but he's not good enough yet or out of place yet to contain Giannis. He's too slow to pick up Giannis um, up at the top of the key, and then he can't just hold the paint the whole time. Giannis has that ability to pull up. Right. I mean, um, and I also, thought, having the running start will get a foul. I thought Giannis, as the series went on, definitely started to shoot a little bit better. Like, I wouldn't say he's, like, a better shooter, but I would say that he did progressively get more dangerous, you know, outside of the paint, but inside the three point line, like those mid range twos. I saw him knock a couple down, and and that, you know, obviously, I mean, here's the thing: like Giannis is already such a threat inside the paint, right? It's already hard enough to stop him, like in the paint. If he develops that that mid range two, that Whatever, I mean that's just gonna be unstoppable. Like there's just not anything anyone can do besides take you know to foul him. And if he starts, and a big down, issue, right? For yeah. the Suns as well as the series went on, Darius Savage went out in the second game, mm-hmm. and then who's your backup big? I mean you got Frank the Tank there, right? Frank the Wisconsin miracle boy. Um, but he's not stopping Giannis. God, he's not coming close to stopping right. I mean, Giannis. You know, you can throw Jay Crowder can do his best, but he's too small. I mean, Jay Crowder, I thought actually had one of the better series for the Suns. Like he actually, oh yeah, I thought. I mean, he was solid throughout the series, and I thought, like obviously Cameron Payne, I thought, and Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson. Like I thought they all played well. As you, you know what I'm saying? Like I thought that the role players for the Suns definitely showed up. Right? Like last night. Yeah. I thought that, you know, when Booker and Chris Paul weren't scoring, like, we did see the other guys Frank on the Kaminsky. floor. Right. Well, okay, maybe not him. But we did see that. Hey, he got points. He had, like, eight in that game. Right. I mean, look, what I'm trying to say is we did see the other guys, the the role players, right, for the Sun show up, just like the Bucks. Like, I think both teams had their role players show up. Both teams had stars who did not have good games, right? And 
there you go. Stars on both sides. Two stars did not play great on either side. Chris played all right, but Milwaukee had that third star. Right. Milwaukee DeAndre is a third star. No, I think DeAndre is such a good, like a great player, but just not at that same level. Like not there yet. This is just is is this truly the story of Giannis? Is Giannis the face of basketball? Is he is he the is he like a is he the face of basketball now, Connor? And B, have we entered a new era in basketball? Do you think? And C, did he really eat fifty chicken nuggets? That that's a good question. We'll come to that. Answer my two first, though. I think yeah. I think I mean, who else could be the face? Two time MVP. I mean, right. his accolades at this point at twenty six. At twenty six. Right. Make sure you hear that. Oh, better than MJ's and LeBron's were at that age. Right. No, he's remarkable. Two time MVP, one time finals MVP, one time finals champion. And I think one time defensive player of the year. And I think again, when we talk about Giannis, it is Giannis. It's not like like when we talk about Jordan, he had Pippen, right? We talk about LeBron, you know, he had Irving sometimes, he had Dwayne Wade, he had the Brown. This finals really was Giannis though. Like I don't think that he had like I don't know, people are talking about Chris Paul or Chris Middleton like being that guy, like that guy for Giannis, but Chris Middleton was not consist nearly consistent enough for me to consider that. You know what? Like it's just Chris Middleton was great, don't get me wrong. But he wasn't great every single night. He wasn't great half the nights. Like he was on and off. And that, you know, he got into foul trouble early last night. He had three fouls in the first half. Like, Giannis won this final. Like, he was, he he won this finals for the Bucks. Like, don't, don't mince words. Like, this was truly a, a one-man show. And, and Giannis did put on one. Like, what is, what does this say about the future for basketball um, going forward next five years? I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be too much change. I mean, Braun's still going to probably be there three, four more, I'd assume. He's just going to play Bronny, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- there's no player that's going to be like Giannis. No player's going to aspire to, to get to that point. I think he's a very unique superstar, the way he plays mm-hmm. and his ability to score. Um Unless Alex Antetokounmpo is, is that good. He's supposed to be pretty good. But um, I don't think we're going to see – I mean, Giannis is already probably the face behind LeBron um, in a lot of ways. I think most people see that. I mean, there were some Luka talks before this year, but Giannis had to, had to shut it all up. Um, he did. No, he did. I mean, and he's going to play. He's going to play a while. I mean, he's only improved – um, uh, Giannis, I feel like improves, you know, a, an area of his game in, in a major way every year. And, and you think about what what can he improve on this off season? <laughs> Make sure he's going to come in not missing a free throw and hitting forty right. percent of his threes. You yeah. know, I mean that's scary. Yeah, let's shift over to Chris Paul because I know in, in the preview episode for the finals, you know, you mentioned. Chris Paul, you know, obviously up for contract and stuff like that, and you and you and you posed, you know, will Chris Paul stay or will he leave? And I told you, after the finals over, depending on whether the Suns win or whether they lose, I think we'll have a better answer. 
now that the finals are over, now that the Suns have lost, do you think Chris Paul will stay in Phoenix or do you think he'll leave to go somewhere else? Uh, it's tough. Um, I don't, I don't love too much. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul work so well together and, Obviously, you heard DeAndre Ayton talking about how much Chris Paul's done for his career. I don't think Chris Paul and Devin Booker work too well with each other. That I agree um, with. I think that you have two guys right there who both have, like, not the same play style. I think, obviously, that's not the case. But I think both of those guys are, are in my eyes, primary ball handlers. Like, I don't – and I think – that's an issue. Like when you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul on the floor at the same time. Because I think that's... Think about, the, think about the Suns. You, if you, Chris Paul wants a long-term deal. He wants three, four years. Right. Um, if you commit to that money, you have both of those guys tied up. Then you have Jay Crowder for $10 million a year for three years, which is actually a pretty good contract. But you got to pay DeAndre next year. You got to pay Mikel Bridges next year. You got to pay guys like, I think like, Cameron Payne this offseason, Tory Craig, if you want to keep him. You have, like. Right. And I and, think. And that, and you didn't win the finals. You're still one step away, right? You're still you're one player away, a, it feels like, from that. Back a big man away. <laughs> right. So that, that's like, important to consider. If Chris Paul leaves. Number one, where do you think he will go? And number two, do you think the Suns will make the playoffs next season? Um, if Chris Paul stays, they will. They won't be the best team. They probably, I don't think they make the fine, the conference finals even with a healthy, a healthy West. But I think with Chris Paul, their playoff team, they're four or five seed probably. Um, depending on how the offseason goes. Um, but I don't think their championship team, without Chris Paul, I don't really know. I don't know if DeAndre Ayton would take a step back without Chris Paul. Um, if you're looking at a point guard, are you saying Cameron Payne's the guy at the one? I don't think that's going to work. I mean, you could try to get someone in free agency, but once again, most people at this Terry, point want... Terry, or sorry, long- Terry I like to call him. Yeah, I mean, but then you got to give up a decent asset. I mean, he's the best player on a fringe playoff team, Terry Rozier is. Um, uh, arguable Gordon Hayward, but that season he was the best player with all of Hayward's injuries. But you probably having to give up. I mean, you could give up that. Was it Jalen Smith? Your shooting big man. They need a big man. Maybe they can develop him better. Um, but on top of that, are you giving up? Cameron Payne in the sign a sign and trade and your first round pick. Um I mean you don't want to give up any of your top three in Booker and Bridges. I don't think you want to give up Crowder either. Um you'd have to give up a lot to get Rogier. And then even then he's on a bigger right. contract where, to where pay. do you think Chris Paul would go if he does leave? Uh, I mean, obviously, the Knicks were talked about one a lot, and they have a pretty good roster without um, without a 
point guard really saw I mean Alfred Payne was Dirk Rose is great off the bench but Alfred Payne was starting you know um, the Lakers have been on the hunt but I don't think they have the money or the I don't think Chris Paul wants to take a pay cut um, I mean it has to be like a, a sign and trade um, unless Chris Paul wants to take the taxpayers exception for nine mil which he doesn't um, I think I don't know maybe it's a Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, and George Hill swap oh. type thing with a sign and trade. Every time, like, every time someone says Ben Simmons, I, sh- I, I shiver. It's like, don't like, I don't like Ben Simmons. Not a thing. But no, I definitely, I definitely think Chris Paul is in 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 a, in a very interesting situation with his, you know, with his future up for grabs. Like obviously, I think that any team he goes to, he, he improves. Right, but at the same time, this final has definitely left a sour taste in some people's mouths. Like he just didn't play. Like Chris Paul is a guy who takes care of the ball, who who hits those mid range jumpers, who spreads the ball around, finds clever passes, and 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 really it makes the game run a lot more efficiently for his team. And throughout these finals, I mean, he turned the ball over. He was missing shots. He wasn't that good at being a point guard. And I think that that definitely, definitely was a problem, for sure. What do you I think? I think he's yeah. probably going to resend to the Suns. I think they're probably going to trade Jalen Smith for a more bona fide, good defensive backup big to a team that kind of wants to, to wants a prospect like that. I mean, think about, I mean, a Christian Wood trade who's a, Mason Plumley could be. I mean, he's not a great contract, but he's a good defensive big. Get um, Daniel Tice. Yeah, but you got to pay him in free agency. I mean, he's got to get ten plus million. Yeah, right. Um, no, all, all he, I think he's going back to the Bulls, but I, I think um, that there's I, possibilities. But I don't think the Suns make it back next year, like you said. I do think the Bucks have a very good shot right now. I think they are the best team in the world. And I really do think that, you know, Connor, do you think they can make it back next year? Well, yeah, they can make it back for sure, depending how Giannis played. It's going to be tougher, I mean, assuming healthy nets, assuming that – I already think the Celtics would be better, and they already took a game off the nets. I don't think it would be that much of a threat. But I'm expecting a a little bit of a jump in less injuries for them. Probably a top-four seed. The Hawks are – Hawks, scary maybe team the 76ers, getting better. Maybe the 76ers, depending on what happens. Or well, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. Thank you to Connor for joining us once again. Bucks are yeah, champions. Yeah, just want to give it. my good luck to... The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala.